from the land of adventure and diversity. These are the stories of extraordinary Africans. Only on Faces of Africa. The reason why we are concerned is because the signs and the symptoms of the flu is very similar to COVID-19. So how do you know whether you've got the flu or whether you've got COVID? This is one of the areas with the highest criminal incidents. The crime rate is so high. We're talking about murders and rapes. Gangsterism is quite rife here. The first time when I came here, it wasn't a good experience because the gangsters, they chase us up until today we don't know for what. This was further exacerbated now with the lockdown. So many people were retrenched, they lost their jobs. We started seeing a lot of mental health issues in our patients with anxiety and panic and the mental health problems worsening in this time because they, they didn't have any form of income. as the family physician at um, Bishop Leibis Clinic, which is in the Northern Tigerberg substructure. My first week back from leave has been very different. We um, have been seeing an increase in the number of severely ill COVID-19 suspects. Um, so on a daily basis, we're seeing about 10 to 15 um, very ill patients um, who are people under investigation or COVID suspects. Um, about four or five of them need to be referred um, on a daily basis. Ever since the 1st of June 2020, when our testing strategy changed, we were only testing patients over the age of 55 and those under 55 with comorbidities. We are not testing as many people anymore, but we are seeing a lot more severely ill patients um, or COVID-19 suspects requiring admission. I usually start my day very early, um, between half past six and seven, um, so that I can just get some work in before everyone else starts arriving from half past seven to eight a.m. Dr. Muntaz Abbas provides clinical support and training at the Bishop Levis Clinic, providing care and services to a community that sprawls across Cape Town's notorious Cape Flats. It's a role that can be difficult at the best of times. But the COVID-19 pandemic brought entirely new challenges. What I wanted to talk about today, there's a lot of talk about the flu vaccine and COVID-19 and does the flu vaccine prevent COVID-19 or, you know, there's lots of myths and things going around. So I thought I'd just talk a little bit about this because I think it's an important topic and also maybe just to 
touch on some of the common questions that people ask. So initially, with the COVID-19 pandemic, I was responsible for, um, for setting up, helping to set up the COVID-19 testing station at Bishop Labors. Um, I was also responsible for making sure that myself and the staff were informed and trained on how to do appropriate screening and testing for COVID-19 and that they were comfortable with that. The reason why we are concerned, particularly this year with the COVID-19 pandemic, is because the signs and the symptoms of the flu is very similar to COVID-19. So how do you know whether you've got the flu or whether you've got COVID? You don't know. And then I think just taking them through that process and helping to provide support um, and making sure that, you know, as things change along the way, that we, that they were constantly informed and updated on changes to guidelines and protocols and circulars and standard operating procedures, etc. And that is why it's advisable to get the flu vaccine, okay? It's not going to protect you against COVID-19, but it's going to reduce influenza-related illness and ease the stress on the health services during the pandemic. Outpatient departments, so all our patients that are coming for their chronic medication usually wait in this area. So they are fetched at the gate, they're screened at the gate, and then they go to the preparation room. So there it is adult preparation room. That's where the blood pressure and blood sugar and all of those things are done. Thomas is our clerk for the COVID unit. When you're entering the COVID unit, so we'd like everyone passing this point to just turn their hands and then this is our COVID unit. Oh you look at the beauty. Oh okay. So this is our COVID unit. So if patients get screened at the gate and yeah. they test and they screen positive on the screen, they'll be redirected here where the screening will be repeated. So, and this is based on the new um, or the latest NICD guidelines and the new testing strategy. What has changed in the last few weeks is that um, our testing strategy has changed. So as of the 1st of June, we were now no longer testing every single patient that came in with symptoms suggestive of COVID-19. So previously we were testing large numbers um, of patients um, and we were testing any patients that had um, any of the symptoms um, according to the NICD criteria. But as of the 1st of June, we were only testing symptomatic patients over the age of 55. And we were testing um, those under the age of 55 um, that had underlying chronic illnesses. Sometimes there's constriction there in the nose, so then we will try the other one, eh? There we go. 
What we have seen is that we've seen that there's been an increase in the number of more severely ill patients, okay? We're starting to see a lot more trauma cases and we're seeing a lot more sick um, COVID-19 suspects that require stabilization and that needs to be discussed with our referral hospital and then um, referral to be arranged. On March 5, 2020, South Africa recorded its first COVID-19 case. By later that month, tens of thousands more were infected and the country had become Africa's epicenter for the virus. The first death from COVID-19 was recorded on March 27th. That same day, the South African government instituted a countrywide lockdown. This was to help medical practitioners prepare their health systems to deal with the coming wave of infections that threatened to overwhelm medical facilities. By June, infection rates appear to be leveling out. The lockdown remains in place, but at a lower alert level, allowing for more mobility. With a large proportion of Bishop Levis residents suffering from various chronic diseases, many feared exposure to COVID-19 at the clinic. As a result, people with HIV AIDS and TB infections started defaulting on their medical regimes. So this is a primary healthcare facility. By primary healthcare, I mean it's a facility where um, we don't just focus on the disease that the patient comes in with, okay? So we look at the individual's needs, we also look at the needs of their family, and we also look at the needs of the community as a whole. The clinic quickly came up with outreach and support systems in order to provide healthcare services to patients at home. Okay, why does their line of medication also change Remember, an ARV tablet starts off with how many tablets? One. So Bishop Lavis um, was one of the pilot sites for a process or a project called Community-Oriented Primary Care. So Community-Oriented Primary Care is it's a continuous process whereby primary health care is provided to the community based on what the community's assessed health needs are. And it's by integrating primary care practice with public health. So here our NPO Care Network plays a crucial role in, in COPC or community-oriented primary care. 
to have a suitcase ready because at 38 weeks the baby can come anytime. Mm -hmm. Full term is 42 weeks, mm -hmm. but from 38 weeks it can happen. We've got about 43 community health workers um, and we've got um, two professional nurses and we've got three enrolled nurses. And the entire geographical area of Bishop Lavers was divided into three service nodes or wedges. And each service node or wedge has got a team, okay, um, at the facility that's responsible for care in that service node. And that team links up with a team in the community. So if a community health worker goes out to a home in the community and picks up a problem, um, they would then link up with the team at the facility. But you must never stop educating them. Yeah. And this is what we do. We educate the community. Even if the children play there. So the community health worker, they would go door to door and they would do household assessments and they would check for risk factors in the home. Um, so there's a lot of things that they're actually doing in the community. And now with COVID-19, um, they've been amazing in actually, you know, um, helping us with delivering our chronic medications to our high-risk patients in the community so that the patients don't have to come into the facility. My name is Bernadette Ross. I'm the program manager for the Caring Network. What happens on a daily basis, the, the carers come in, carers slash known as community health workers. They come in, they have the morning briefing sessions and after the briefing sessions, they, the CDU get distributed to them, the, the chronic medication. And um, once that is done, they then go out into the community to do the general caring, whether it is pull counts, washing, um, wound, whatever it is on the list for the day to do. Um, and as well as screening, screening is part of the daily routine as well, COVID-19 screening. And they then return back to the office around about 3.30 in the afternoon to do their write-ups and debriefing again the next day. They come from the community at large um, because it makes it so much easier. They know the community, they understand the community, they are familiar with the community and the community is familiar with them as well. Um, some of the challenges is like obviously the stigma that goes with COVID. Um, they, they are even labelled that they are the COVID, they, they bring the virus. There are challenges with regards to the community members itself who ostracise them. The, there's even community leaders that um, challenges them once they come into contact with them on a daily basis because of miscommunication. And that's why it's so important that the community is educated and informed on a daily basis so that they are aware of um, what COVID is all about. So how are things at the moment? It's really hectic now. Mm -hmm. One of my clients um, is back from isolation. Mm -hmm. We tested positive two weeks mm -hmm. ago. So we must go back as of from today. And of course you're doing your health promotion all and education time, all, all the time. time. Well, thank you for, for doing that. Yes, appreciate I, it. Uh, it's a okay. From the land of adventure and diversity come tales of survival, success and ingenuity. These are the stories of extraordinary Africans, only on Faces of Africa.
morning. This is normal in this community. Yes, they know we here. Each day they know we here from Monday to Friday in the community. They also know now about the tablets. We also try to inform people about once I stop and I ask him about a baby or how old is, then I come and I will tell them, okay, we here for the babies from pregnancies. I will stop them and we will introduce all the services that the Caring Network has available to the community. We do the pregnancies. We follow mom and the daily visits to the clinic. Make sure there's no high-risk pregnancies. Like Lene said, you're HIV positive, all that comes into play. And when um, people, you got pregnancy with high blood pressures, we call it high risk. We make sure that nothing goes wrong in between. We educate mom on, on eating healthy, health talks like that, being safe, especially in COVID. We will say, if you need to go out, wear a mask, social distancing, wash your hands regularly. And, um, uh, but we recommend stay indoors. A lot of our patients are controlled and they're doing well on their antiretroviral treatment and they're also doing well on the TB treatment, but there are some patients that are still defaulting and that are not taking the, um, the treatment, which does put them at high risk um, should they get COVID um, because they are quite immunosuppressed. So what we also do, sometimes we go the extra mile, but now because of COVID-19, we cannot enter the facility. So it's hard for us. But then I, I found us out now in the week, now I can give it to my supervisor. She can, they're doing it via email. So thank you, Lord, for emails and technology now. We're relying on technology today. The Bishop Lavis CDC first opened its doors in 1971 and today serves around 60,000 people in the area, which is some 20 kilometers out of Cape Town. Um, most of the dwellings um, houses and brick structures, um, so a lot of the, the patients do have access to electricity and water. However, there are three um, informal settlements or squatter camps okay, within the Bishop Lavis community. One is in Malawi camp, which is just as you enter Bishop Lavers. The other is Freedom Farm, which is next to the airport. And then the third one is in Siervendelan in Valhalla Park. There's often multiple people living on the same dwelling. You'll have, you know, one shack or informal settlement with like 20 people living in there and sharing amenities. And they often don't have access necessarily to water or sanitation. And many of them are unemployed. Okay. Um, and are receiving a grant or child support grant um, to get them to get them through. There is um, 20 schools in the area, okay? So 15 um, primary schools, there's two secondary schools, there's a skills school, and then there's also two schools, um, special needs schools, which is Astra and then St. Joseph's Children's Home. It's predominantly a colored community. Majority of the patients are Afrikaans speaking, Okay, uh, with some patients speaking English or dual um, languages. Unemployment is a big problem in our community. When the number of COVID-19 cases started skyrocketing and the lockdown looked likely to remain in place for some time, medical personnel at Bishop Lavers Clinic made the decision to take medical care to the people in their homes. 
working with community health workers from organizations like the Caring Network. But there was one huge challenge. Police have swapped on an arms cache over 250 firearms in Bishop Lavis. This morning, shooting of a police officer in Bishop Lavis. Shot while leaving his house this morning at about 10 to 7. Reports of civilian deaths and called for an end to the violence. Four suspects have been arrested in what's what is so significant of this area is this in the whole of Western Cape, or probably, or probably in the whole the continent of South Af of Africa. This is one of the areas with the highest criminal incidents. That the crime rate is so high. You know, we're talking about murders and rapes. Gangsterism is quite rife here. We are the first responders to any such endeavors, especially people that's being shot, people that's being raped. We have to face them. From a mental health point of view, it's quite difficult. This was further exacerbated now with the lockdown. So many people were retrenched, they lost their jobs. We started seeing a lot of mental health issues in our patients with anxiety and panic and um, the mental health problems, you know, worsening in this time because they, they didn't have any form of income. And then with that, poverty is a big problem. There's also a lot of domestic violence that we see, as well as substance abuse. All of that is basically you know, what we are seeing at this clinic. Obviously, a shooting can happen anytime. I remember the one time they stole a car and they came here with the car and um, they know people in Valhalla Park, brought the car here, put the car in the house they know, and um, the police weren't able to find them. And the community is so amazing that once we started driving there, they told us, no, 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 turn around. So they really um, watch out for you and they, protect you because they know where you're top. Dr. Abbas and her team of medical practitioners engaged with the local police service to get help. First with social distancing at the test centers and then for protection when in the community. This gave confidence to staff who had even been terrorized by gang members. So of course, that when I came here, it wasn't a good experience because um, I was working with one of the colleagues and then the gangsters to chase us. Up until today, we don't know for what. I think when they started to get to know us and what we do here, that changed because ever since that time, they have more respect for us and they will greet us or they will like warn us to say we must move out of the area because those and that is going to happen or we mustn't come in today in the area, we must move out into another area. Because respect because it goes a long way. So they also got to know who we are and what is our duties here in the community. Because sometimes they do ask us advice or help them we are willing to give what, they, or what is necessary of us. Where I've been working, yes, we learn a lot. They learn from us, we learn from them. But so far, our lives hasn't been in danger, ever since that first experience. So, yeah. Crime is a concern for us. 
um, we also work quite closely with the South African Police Department in Bishop Labors, who has really also been instrumental in helping us to combat a lot of the crime in the area. So if we do go out and do outreaches, we would then, you know, make contact with the Brigadier at SAPS um, in Bishop Labors to see if he can send out, you know, some of his staff or vehicles just to support our staff. So I think there's also a really good and strong collaboration with us and in that we can always call on them to assist us with any crime-related events at the facility or out in the community. And similarly, we would also assist them if, if they need help. The management of the day hospital went the extra mile. Beginning, you would see long queues at the day hospital for testing. They basically took the day hospital to the community. You would see this gazebos on, on open parks and what it saps do. We went there just as a security buffer to those medical personnel. And then they would do the testing on the open field, but saps were there to control the crowd and also to assist with social distancing. And we as SEPs are grateful for the initiative from the health workers bringing that facility to the community. Okay, copy. I will meet with you. Need to get in and do what we came for. Just prepare accordingly. Your safety is as important as our safety is. If we don't do our job well, the criminals would do their job actually better. We need to take control because if we don't take control, they will take control.